Well, as John mentioned, we are privileged um, today to have Mr. R.J. Bacani from Covenant Cedars. So we get to put a face with the name and a place, essentially. As many of you know, um, we send our kids to Covenant camps every summer. Um, many of you have not been there, and I hope you will get the opportunity to do so. Um, and if you need a talking point with Mr. R.J. Bacani or Connor Gibson, our worship director, ask him about the time that Connor got to carry him to the car on the way to the emergency room. It'll make it for good conversation. So welcome, R.J. Bacani. Thank you. Good morning. Okay, so I'm a, I'm a camp dude, so I need like way more energy. Good morning. There we go. There we go. I love that. Uh, I'm super excited to be here with you guys and to spend some time uh, diving into Scripture together. Like uh, Kelly said, my name is R.J. Bacani. Uh, I'm the executive director out at Covenant Cedars Bible Camp, uh, which means I have just an incredible privilege of serving students and families from right here inside of this church. Just a quick raise of hands for me. Who's ever been out to Cedars before? Sweet. Good to see you again. Uh, Whether we've been there or not, or whether we even realize it or not, this church uh, has been part of camp for years. Um, Amy Brunk, uh, she is one of our board members. Uh, The the past few years, she's actually been a volunteer uh, nurse. Uh, And so we're talking like stanky junior high kids. Uh, So we know that she is a saint. Um, Last summer, Pastor Jeremy, he, he was a volunteer counselor. Uh, and truthfully, I'm not sure which was more difficult for him, uh, being in the military or, or being in a cabin with those boys. I mean, both are kind of war zones in their own right. Uh, like, like Kelly said, uh, Connor Gibson, he was actually uh, my roommate in college, uh, which actually has nothing to do with camp. Uh, I just want to remind him that I have some serious dirt that I'm willing to expose. So come find me after service. We'll talk more about him. Um, no, I mean... Seriously, whether you've been there or not, like this church is part of the story that God is writing at camp. You, you guys make camp happen. You guys make ministry possible because you, you allow us to create space for people to know Christ. That's, that's been kind of our renewed vision the past couple years, uh, like our, our heart our, our purpose, our desire, our mission is to create space for people to know Christ. That, that's something that our, our, our team, our staff, our board, we, we've been really kind of navigating through that the past couple years, and it's become increasingly important to me that everything we do is done with the intention of creating space for, for someone to know Christ. We, we need to have that that singular vision. Because, because vision is important. Without it, our lives will lack direction, right? We, we, we need to know where we're going. We need to know our purpose. We, we need to know what we were made to do. Otherwise, we, we will get stuck doing things that don't really matter, things that don't really help us achieve our goal, achieve our purpose. And it's probably never been easier for us to lose sight of our life's vision. It's never been easier for us to get distracted. The, the, the pace of life is moving faster than ever, right? Our, our, our schedules are, are busier. Our to-do lists 
our longer time, man. It just, it feels shorter, doesn't it? We, we, we are a more connected generation than ever, which is awesome. It can be awesome. But, but it can also really impact our ability to focus, to engage, to, to be present with what's happening around us. And, and I'm, I'm not just talking to young people. I'm talking to everybody, man. We are all constantly overloaded. We're constantly overwhelmed by all the things we have to do, all the things we have to be better at and do more of. So, so it's, it's no surprise that as a generation, like right now, we are more distracted than ever. We're more anxious than ever. We're, we're more stressed out by all of these things that we, we have to get done. But uh, that's not the vision that God has for us. If I, if I can get those, those slides up here, Jesus, Jesus tells us that he has a vision to bring us peace, to, to allow us to, to catch our breath and to live in this peace. If you're, if you're a note taker in the crowd, you want to write this down, okay? Because you're going to see this slide 10 more times, all right? He has a vision to bring us peace. Now, before I, I really get rolling, <clears throat> my wife's not here, but she'll tell you, I am not the expert on this at all, all right? I'm one of the most stressed out, anxious, worried, busy people that I know. Uh, so I have really no authority to speak about this, but I do believe in what Scripture tells me. I believe in what Jesus tells me. There, there is this incredible moment in Scripture, and if we grew up going to church, we've been in church pretty much ever. We've heard this story before, where, where Jesus has this interaction between two sisters, right? Mary and Martha. And, and one of these sisters we see living in this peace, while the other is really struggling and living overwhelmed. And we, we see this peace that Jesus offers to them, which is also the same peace that he offers to us this morning. So if we have our Bibles, we're going to be in Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38. If you don't have your Bibles, we'll be up on the screens behind me, but we'll be in Luke Chapter 10, starting in verse 38, and this is what it says. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me here to do this work by myself? Tell her to get in here and help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried. You're upset about many things. But few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. So this is a pretty simple story, right? Jesus goes into this town. He goes into this village where a woman, actually his friend named Martha, invites him into her home. And as any good hostess will do, she goes into her kitchen. She starts whipping up all this food, bringing out all these snacks. And then eventually she starts getting stressed. Meanwhile, her sister Mary is sitting there doing nothing. Because this, this isn't even her home. This is Martha's home home. 
She's the one paying the rent. She's the one paying the mortgage. And, and, and Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus doing nothing. So Martha goes to him saying, hey, are you just going to leave me here to do all this work by myself? Will you tell my sister to get in here and, and help me? And, and Jesus says, Martha, you are stressed. You're overwhelmed. He addresses something that, that's happening to her on the inside. And he gets to this simple yet profound teaching that we're going to circle back to in a few minutes. But, but the first thing that we can really learn this morning is that our peace requires focus. Again, if you're taking notes, this is a, something you want to, want to write down. Our peace requires focus. We, we need to have that vision of peace. Otherwise, just like Martha, we will get distracted. Now, here's the thing about Martha she, she gets kind of a bad rap, right? But, but the thing is, is that like men at this time would want to be with someone like her. Like if the bachelor was on back then, or if the golden bachelor was on back then, she would make like the perfect contestant. She, she, she is, owns a home. She's cooking a meal. She's likable. She's respectable. Her sister Mary is sitting there like a freeloader doing nothing. Meanwhile, Martha, she's like the one to respect. She's the one to like. But with all this respectability came this burden of stress. Stress that was impacting her life, impacting her relationships, primarily with Jesus, the Son of God, who is sitting like 10 feet away from her. But if I get that next slide, again, Jesus tells us that he has a vision to bring us peace. And, and right now, Martha is not living in this peace because she's gotten distracted. She, she's lost focus on what really matters. Let's, let's go back to verse 40 real quick. It says, <clears throat> Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Now, who said these things had to be made? We're not told anywhere in Scripture that Jesus asked her to prepare anything. We're not told that Jesus asked her to cook anything. We're not told that Jesus asked her to, to clean anything, to make anything. We're not told that Jesus asked her to do anything. The only thing we are told is that somewhere throughout her day, Martha gets distracted and gets incredibly stressed. She knows that, that Jesus is coming. She says, well, well now I, I have to do something nice. I mean, this is Jesus we're talking about. I can't make fish and loaves. He can multiply that anytime he wants to. Like, this has to be something good. And, and she gets overwhelmed by all of this, this stress in her life. She's gotten distracted. Distraction was having this negative impact on her relationships, on her ability to, to, to focus and be present, on her intimacy with, with Christ. Martha lost focus. Now, we're all friends here, okay? So this is going to be honest hour, honesty time. Does anyone else this morning feel distracted by all the things that we just have to get done? Does anybody else this morning feel unable to be fully present with Jesus 
this morning. Maybe we are so distracted, so overwhelmed, so bombarded by all these things that we have to get done that we're not even paying attention right now. Maybe I'm just boring, I don't know. But maybe we are so distracted that we're thinking, man, I, I, have, to, I have to send that email. Man, I have to go home after this and start cooking lunch. Oh man, I have to schedule that meeting later. Man, I gotta start saving more money. Man, I gotta finish that project. Man, I gotta get that promotion. I gotta buy that new car. And these things are fueling this distraction and creating this like fear in us that we are constantly behind. Martha has gotten distracted. And just like her, we get distracted by, by doing things that were never asked of us in the first place. Maybe there are some of us this morning who are walking in, crawling in, because we've been operating this way for so long that now we are, are overcome, we're stressed out, we're empty, we're exhausted, chasing after stuff that nobody asked us to do in the first place. That's not the vision. That's not the vision that God has for us. His vision was not to keep us busy. His vision was not to keep us stressed out. His vision was not to keep us anxious. Now, before I move on, let me be clear that some, some of these things that we occupy our time with, these things that distract us, they, they may not always be like bad or sinful things. It's not bad to volunteer more. It's not bad to start another small group. It's not bad to clean your house. It's not bad to save more money. It's not bad to accomplish stuff. It's when these things get in the way of our peace, that's when we're going to start to feel the lack of peace in our lives. Make sense? That's kind of the second thing that we can really learn this morning is that eventually that lack of peace in our lives is going to start demanding control. Again, if you're taking notes, we're going to write that down. The lack of peace in our lives will start to demand control. Let's go back, uh, let's go back to our verses real quick. Martha asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me here to do this work by myself? Tell her to get in here and help me. Now, Martha is telling Jesus what to do, which is like literally never a good look, right? And we contrast that with Mary, who is sitting at the feet of Jesus listening for what to do. Martha, who is stressed out to the max, does what every single person in this room does when we start getting stressed. We start reaching for control. Now, we might try to control our relationships. We might try to control our circumstance or our situation. We, we might try to control what other people think about us. In this instance, Martha is trying to control her sister. She even tries to control Jesus himself. But she doesn't stop there. She starts blaming. She starts blaming other people for her problem. She, she tells Jesus, hey, my sister is the reason that I'm so stressed, Right? So tell her to get in here and help me. She, she is telling Jesus what to do. And we do the exact same thing. We get stressed out when God isn't doing the thing that we so desperately want him to do. And it creates this serious, 
lack of peace in our lives and this lack of peace in our relationship with Jesus. Again, if I can get that next slide, you're gonna see it again. Jesus tells us, right? He tells us, he has a vision to bring us peace. And right now, Martha is not living in that peace. She's missing out because of her need to control. And I have some bad news. We too miss out on that peace because of our need to control. Martha asked the question, do you even care about me at all, Jesus? Because if you did, if you did actually care, then you'd tell her to get in here and help me. Man, that is too real. That's too real. We all, we all say that same thing. God, do you care about me? Because if you actually did care, then you would do that thing that I want you to do. And because you're not doing that one thing, then surely you must not care. We do what Martha is doing in this exact same moment. And we have to imagine, we have to imagine that Jesus is sitting there going, Martha, of course, of course I care about you. In just a few days, I'm going to sacrifice myself for you. So just because you can't connect the dots in your brain about how I could care for you in this situation, don't mean I don't care. In fact, I'm going to prove to you on the cross how much I care. This should challenge us if we say we have a relationship with Jesus. Because God may not always act the way that we want him to act to show us that he cares for us. Now, when, when, I, when I was a youth pastor and I got to like a really meaty point, all right, I'd always say, like, eyes on me, okay? So we're going we're gonna to try this out, all right? Eyes on me. Very good, all right? Our definition of care is important in understanding what that means because God may not always act in a way that we want him to act to show us that he cares for us. That's incredibly complex, but it's important to understand because Martha, she gets confronted with this truth. In fact, she's been confronted with this truth before. We, We already know that she has her sister Mary, but they also have a brother named... Lazarus, very good. You're paying attention. They have their brother Lazarus. One day he gets sick. They send word back to Jesus and they want him. They expect him to come back and heal their brother. But what happens? He he waits like two days. And in that time, Lazarus dies. So as Jesus is walking back to where Lazarus is buried, Martha comes running, running up to Jesus saying, hey, if you had just been here, if you had just done the thing that I asked you to do, then my brother would not have died. Again, Jesus is not caring in the way that we want him to care in this situation. 
And, and Jesus responds by basically saying, hey, like, I, I waited so that you and everyone around you would see the power of God on display. But in this moment, we don't just see this like incredible power. We also see this immeasurable care. Because as he's like walking up to roll away the stone and raise Lazarus from the dead, what happens? Most famous, one of the most famous verses. He weeps. He starts crying. Why? This is Jesus we're talking about. He knows what he's about to do. He knows that he's going to raise this dude from the dead. He knows he's going to stare death in the face and overcome it with his resurrection life. And yet he still cries. I think it's because he knows that life was never meant to be this way. It wasn't. It was never meant to be filled with pain and heartache and hurt and sorrow and grief and longing and questions and confusion. And so he cries. And as he raises Lazarus from the dead, Martha, again, gets a first-hand look at not only this like immeasurable power, but the immeasurable care of her God in a way that she didn't want, in a way she didn't expect, and truthfully, probably in a way she didn't even understand. There might be some of us this morning who are living in these kinds of painful life circumstances that really make us question, like really make us wonder, does God, does God see me right now? Does God even care about me at all? We might know it in our head, but we don't, we don't, don't feel it in our heart. Maybe we are grieving that loss. Maybe we're battling through that illness. Maybe we're struggling through that addiction. Maybe we're overcome by those finances. Maybe we're, we're hurting from that broken relationship. And those things are, are real. That, that pain and confusion is real. But at the same time, let's not get this whole thing twisted. We, we have a God who loves us who cares for us, who is crazy about us, who wants to bring us his peace, even if it's in ways we don't want. Even if it's in ways we don't expect. Even if it's in ways we don't understand. At least on this side of life. And Martha gets confronted with this truth. And Jesus, at the end of this interaction gives her this simple, crazy, simple, crazy, stupid, simple, yet profound way to receive this peace. I told you we'd get back to it. And spoiler alert, it doesn't come from us earning it. It doesn't come from us working for it. It doesn't come from us logging in more hours. It doesn't come from us being busier. If I can get that, that next slide. Ultimately, the one way to have it, the one way to know it, the one thing that we were designed to do, our one purpose was to know Jesus. Knowing Jesus is knowing that peace that we so long for. 
Again, if you're taking notes, this is the last thing that you will really have to write down. Knowing Jesus is, is knowing peace. Let's, let's wrap up by going back to the verses. Martha came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me here to do all this work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried, you're upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. So Jesus, in front of these two women and 12 dudes, bottom lines, our entire existence in one Verse. If I was Jesus, I would have saved this for like crowds of, a th- of thousands. And yet in front of these, this small group, he bottom lines our entire existence. There are few things needed. Scratch that. There's one. There's one thing needed at the end of the day, Martha. And it's exactly what Mary is doing right now. So what is she doing? Nothing. She's doing nothing. She's just sitting at the feet of Jesus. He, he asked Martha, do you even know? Do you know what the point of your life is? Because right now you are stressed, you are consumed, you're worried about many things, but none of those things matter. So let me tell you about the one thing that does matter. The one reason that anyone in this room has ever been born or has ever existed or has ever lived That one thing is to know me, to sit with me, to listen to me, to have relationship with me, to have peace with me. If I get that that next slide, that last slide, last time you have to see that slide, I promise. Jesus tells us he has a vision to bring us peace. Y'all, there are going to be like a million reminders Each day, literally, as soon as you leave here, probably right now, reminding you all the things that you still have to do, all the ways that you failed already, all the things you have to get better at, be more, do more, achieve more, as soon as you leave here. A million reminders all the time. There is one, one thing that will bring us life. One thing to why we even have life. And that is to, that's to know Jesus. There's one thing that matters at the end of the day, Martha, and it ain't cooking. It's not, it's not our marriage. It's not our kids. It's not our job. It's not our financial security. It's not our, it's not our reputation. It's not all the things we can do in this lifetime. It's sitting in relationship with him. And and in doing so, Mary, the freeloading sister, is experiencing her life's greatest purpose. So this, this is how we can know that we have that peace. That's how we know if we're living in it. That's how we know that we're doing it. That's how we know we have it. Is if we are spending time doing the one thing that matters. That's going to look different.
for everybody. That might mean we have to get up earlier to spend time in his word. That might mean we have to start finally relinquishing control over that one thing we definitely don't want to let go of. That might mean surrounding our lives with men, with women, that will point us back to the one thing that matters, which is sitting in relationship with him. The more that we have relationship with him, the more clarity we get on the things that he says matter and how to do the things that he says matter. I don't know how long I've been talking, but this is like a very long, long way, long promo of me saying that's exactly what we want to do at, out at camp. Our goal, our goal is to see lives that are changed and transformed by the peace of knowing who Jesus is. If I could get uh, some of those other slides, two, two more slides. Yeah, yeah. This summer, we, we had 715 campers. We, we want to see the Lord's peace on our campers. We had 715 campers from all across, not just from here, but, but from Nebraska, from Kansas, from Iowa, from Colorado, all getting to experience what the heck the peace of Christ looks like. Not just at camp, but outside of camp. More importantly, outside of camp. If I get that, that next slide. <clears throat> we we want to see God bring his peace into our, our marriages, into our, our, our women, into our men. Uh, back in February, we, had, uh, we were able to have our, our first marriage retreat weekend. We had 26 couples. Uh, did anybody come to that in here? Mm, sweet. Good to see you. Um, man, we love that. You guys are the ones raising up these campers, not us. Like I said, they're 51 other weeks of the year. That's way more important than the one week at camp. We want to invest in our marriages. We want to invest in our women and our men. Last weekend... We had our, our first women's retreat. Did anybody go to that last weekend? Sweet. Good to see you again. That was awesome. If I get the, the, the next slide, please. We want to see God bring his peace into our families. This is our brand new family center. This just opened up like two months ago. Holy cow, what a project. But you guys, your church, helped make that happen. That, that's a reality because of your guys' generosity. Because of your faithfulness to what God does at camp. Man, I could keep talking, but we, I know we got to end at some point. But man, come find me. Let's come talk about camp. I'd love to come talk to you. I promise I won't bite. Um, we can talk about Connor, like I said, afterwards. Um, but man, you guys are not just committed. You guys are not just committed to, to God and what he does at camp. You guys are committed to what God does here. In McPherson. I was told it's not, there's no fear in McPherson, right? Yeah? Amen? Amen? Yeah. You guys are committed to seeing God's peace at camp. You guys are committed to seeing God's peace in McPherson. You guys are committed to seeing God's peace throughout the world. Let's be people that commit to that. Let's be a body of people who stop trying to earn it. Who stop trying to keep ourselves busy and stressed out and anxious. And let's just sit and do Nothing. Let's pray for that this morning, huh? Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you that you love us. Thank you that you are so good to us that, that you wanted to make it possible for us to breathe. 
to have peace from the chaos. Lord, I pray, even now, I know some of us are itching to get moving. I know some of us are already thinking about the things that we just have to get done. But Lord, I pray for the next few moments we can just rest. We can be at peace. We can be still. We can just sit with you, hang out for a little bit, knowing that you are in control, that you love us, you want to work for us, even if it's in ways we don't understand. You work for our good. And if we can just relax for a moment, May we feel your comfort. May we feel the blessing that is peace with you. Pray all this in your name. Amen.